0: Called beautiful. He was put there every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When Peter and John saw the man about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. Then Peter said, "Look at us." So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter said, "Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth." Walk. And I stopped right there. Because that scripture revealed to me the parable of the lost sheep. How we're all, even though we know that Jesus is real and we we've, we got Jesus in our heart. Does, does, okay, I know I'm saved, but I don't act like it all the time. I know I was saved when I was a little kid. I know they're gone now. But I know I was saved when I was a little kid. But now I'm an adult. So can I still be saved just like I was when I was a little kid now that I'm a grown adult? Absolutely. You're a child of God. But you don't always have to act that way. Sometimes we do what we call backslide, right? Well, what Jesus called that was, uh, you know, a lost sheep. And he left his flock to go and find those lost sheep. Jesus would give up staying with the 99, to go find the one that strayed away. And that's exactly what God does in our lives today. Every time we decide that we're going to go our own way or we're going to do it our way, God lets us go, but he lets us go to a point to where he can always find us. And he always will come in just at the right time, at the right moment, and swoop in and save the day and fix it and everything's all sunshine and bright and rosy, right? No. He will let you go and let you go and let you go until you decide... That it's time to give it back to him. Now there's a man. And he's sitting by the temple gate. Begging for money. He knows what he thinks he needs. And he's willing to take whatever he thinks he needs from whoever's willing to give it to him. A lot of the time that's what we'll do. We'll accept advice from anybody that's willing to give it to us. And then when it's not what we want to hear, we'll find somebody else that'll give us the advice that we want to hear until we've received what we think should happen. Okay, God doesn't always do what we want Him to do, does He? Okay, He He'll tell Naaman to go dip himself in the Jordan seven times, when uh ah, well, I could have done that back in Damascus. I could have just you know that water's cleaner. What do you mean getting that muddy river seven times? No. It's not about how we want it done. It's how God wants us to obey what he's telling us to do. It's about understanding who God is. It's about letting God be the Lord of your life. These children accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Now, they're going to need some ongoing encouragement in their faith as they grow. They're not just going to... They can't just be left alone to make their own decisions about what that meant. They have to, somebody still has to be there for them, to lead them and to guide them and to direct them and to show them and that when God reveals something to you, you reveal it to them. That's kind of what we do every time we come up here. Somebody gets a word and they share a word. So that you get to see what God has revealed to whoever's here. So this man, he can't walk, and he's expecting somebody to give him something. He just don't know what. But he'll take anything you're willing to give him as long as he thinks it's going to help him. So Peter and John walk by, and Peter looks at him, and he says, uh, look at us. And the man fixes his eyes on him because he's, oh, I'm going to get something now. So he, he looks dr- directly at him, and he says, yeah, I'm gonna get, I don't know how much you're going to give me, but I, anything's better than nothing. Peter tells him, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. (coughs) Now, Peter didn't always feel like that, did he, Mr. Charles? Peter couldn't always walk up to somebody and say, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I'm going to give you, I ain't got no money, buddy, but in the name of Jesus, I'm going to give you what I've got. And that is my Jesus. Peter wasn't always able to do that because he denied Christ three times and he thought it was over. He thought he had just destroyed his life spiritually completely. He ran is exactly what he did. He ran when he realized that that rooster had crowed the third time and he had denied Christ the third time. He ran. But God, in his loving, caring way, found him while he went went back out to fish. And brought him back in and let him know that if you love me, then feed my sheep. If you love me, then do what I'm telling you to do. Do what I've called you to do. Do what you're supposed to do. Glorify God through your actions. Glorify God through your words. Go to Mark chapter 5. Y'all remember that thing I had going on last Sunday? It's back. And two Benadryl later, I slept from 7 o'clock last night. I got one in there. I'm good. Mark chapter 5, verse 20, starting in verse 21. <coughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. Bear with me, I have to read all of this. For it to make sense. When Jesus had again crossed over by a boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. When one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and, and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, and she had suffered great a great she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she only grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, "If I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed." Trembling with fear, told her the whole truth. He said, said to her, <clears throat> Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men, came to him from, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and said, Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid. Just believe. <clears throat> he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw the commotion with the people wailing out loudly. He went and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead. She's but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went into the child where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Taluthacum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately... The girl, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this time, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about what had happened and told them to go and give her something to eat. There's a man sitting at a temple gate back in Acts chapter 3. Y'all remember him? This man sitting at the temple gate, and he's he's begging for money. He's begging for what he thinks he needs. At the same time, Peter's seen this before. Okay, Peter has seen someone in need before. He has seen how Jesus would handle the situation. That's why we're given these scriptures, by the way. So that when we come into a situation, we know how to handle that situation. We know how to react in that situation. We know what we should do When we get to that point, what I want to tell you is the same thing that I I feel like Peter told that man sitting on the side of the road that day. Don't let your situation resemble who you are. Okay. Don't let your situation determine who you are. I know you can't walk. I know you think you need money. But let me tell you what you really need. I know you're stuck in some place right now. That man was paralyzed, right? Okay, And now we're getting into a point where uh, a man's upset because his daughter is sick. Anybody got children? If you got children and one of your children gets sick, you know it's pretty bad. You know you want to do anything you can do to help them. You'll even sit there and pray right beside them, which you should. God, put it on me. Take it off of them and put it on me. Okay, but God's not, God don't always do that because he knows that, no, they need to learn something just like you need to learn something. They need to know me just the same way you know me. They need to know that I can heal them. They need to know that there's a purpose for this. So either way, when, we're, when our children are sick, it upsets us, okay? So you can imagine how this man felt because it says that his child was sick almost to the point of death. So he comes running up to Jesus, and he runs right up to him, and he says, Jesus, 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 come on, man. Listen, I'm so glad you're here. I knew you were coming. I saw the boat way out there, and I saw, but I knew you were coming. So what I need you to do is I need you to come with me right now. Come on, because you know what, Jesus? My daughter, she's sick. My daughter is sick, so I need you. Jesus, come with me. I'm not calling you Jesus. I'm just using you an example. Jesus, come with me. My daughter is sick, so I need you to come with me and come. Come on, Jesus, it's time to go. I'll show, you, I'll, I'll show you how to get there. I'll show you the way. Come on, Jesus. So he goes running through the crowd, right? And as he's running through the crowd, and Jesus is following him, because he kept looking back, and he says, okay, yeah, Jesus is coming. Come on, you know, you're, when you're going through the crowd, and there's people, and you just got to push them out of the way, because we've all been Black Friday shopping, right? You know how it gets at Walmart. You know, you just you have to hide stuff. Jesus is, you know, Jesus is coming, but he's running, and he's just going, this guy, Jairus says, my daughter, you know, come on, Jesus, you got to heal her. you got to come with me so that she can be healed. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the running, he stops, and he's like, where did he go? And, you know, he comes back, and he's like, and Jesus is standing there. Who touched me? His disciples said, well, um... Everybody's touching you. Everybody's... I mean, you're in a crowd of people, Jesus. Everybody's touching you. But what Jesus said is, somebody knows something that I came to teach, and they were willing to listen, and they were willing to learn. And somebody's realized that I have the power. Because in order to touch his cloak, and his power to be released. They had to know that he had the power to be reaching for the power, to get the power. Does that make sense? Jesus has the power. It's just whether you believe he has the power, whether you get to utilize the power. Jesus went to this woman, And ask, who touched me? Who knows something that all these other people around me don't know? That everybody's pressing against me. Everybody's coming to me. Everybody wants to know me. Everybody wants to see me. Everybody wants to touch me. But nobody really knows what they're trying to get from me. That man sitting on the side of, by the side of the gate, he didn't know what he needed. He knew what he thought he needed, but he didn't know what he needed. He's begging for money. He didn't need money, did he? Money money was helpful. Money would feed him. Money would get him, you know, maybe a place to sleep that night. But what he needed was what we need. He needed to know that Jesus has the authority, has the power to heal. Do y'all know why Jesus performed all these miracles in the Bible? Does anybody, like, really know what the purpose of the miracles were? Okay, First off, you know, when they were in the boat, and they're, 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 you know, they're putting along. This happens just right before he comes back to Capernaum. They're floating along. They're headed from Capernaum over to the land of the Gerasenes, okay? And they're floating along, just, you know, row, row, row your boat, gently down. And all of a sudden, a storm comes up. And as the storm gets, when the storm gets the worst, they turn around, and Jesus is in the back of the boat asleep. So they, the disciples, you know, the ones that Jesus has called, the ones that are hanging with Jesus, the ones that have seen him, you know, in action, they go running to Jesus and wake him up. How can you be asleep at this point in time? How, how, Jesus, how can you? And he gets up and he walks to the front of the boat and he says, Peace, be still, and, you know, the winds and the waves die down. And they said what? How can, who is this man? He controls, the, you know, the wind and the waves listen to him. Who is this man? They didn't know who he was. They didn't recognize who he was. He had the authority over the wind and the wave. Jesus had the authority over the wind and the wave. You know why? Because he created the winds and the waves. Right? All things were created by him, for him, and through him. So this woman realized something that the disciples didn't even realize. That this man has the power and the authority over what's going on in my life. You know when he told John, when John, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all the way back to Vacation Bible School. I'm gonna teach you everything I taught in Vacation Bible School. <clears throat> when John was in prison, John the Baptist, you know the one that baptized John, when he was in prison, he sent word to Jesus saying, "Are you the one, or should we expect another? Are you really the one, or should we expect another?" And Jesus, instead of saying, uh, "Well, yeah, duh, you know that, remember you." Uh, Pointed it out. You even said, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of man. But instead he said, go tell John, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the blind see. He even stood up in the synagogue one day and took it a step further and said that the captives are set free. He came and he performed his miracles in front of each and every person that saw all the miracles and all the miracles that were recorded in the books because remember what John said he did so many things that there're not enough books and not enough room in the world to contain all the books that were written if we wrote down everything that Jesus really did but the things that we have recorded for us he did that and wrote that down and showed us those miracles so that we would know the authority and the power of Jesus. That he is the great I am. That he can heal anything you've got going on in your life. Because if you got a problem with a withered hand, he'll bring you up in church and he'll stretch it out for you. That's what he did, right? And that's what caused him to want to... He has more authority than anybody we've ever known. When he was 12 years old, he was sitting in the synagogues and he was teaching with all these elders of the church. And what did they say? You've got great authority. Who is this kid who teaches with this authority? We've never seen anything like it. Well, I'll tell you who he is. He's the son of God. So, not to sidetrack you, but Jairus has got a problem. His daughter's sick and he's found Jesus and he's trying to show Jesus how big of a hurry he's in and how he needs to follow him to get back to where he's going so that he can save his daughter. Well, in the process, he meets this uh, woman with an issue of bleeding who reaches out and touches him with a gar- garment and the power goes out of him and he stops and he says, who touched me? Who touched me and where are you at? And he, he knew who did it. You know, I mean, you know, he knows. He's God. He's got all authority and power. i just explain that. I can't say this without saying that. So he knew who did it, but he wanted her to give her testimony. Remember that little testimony service we had? Okay, this was her testimony because it said that she gave him her whole story. The whole story is not just you healed me. The whole story was I was, you know, sick I had this sickness for 12 years. Not only did I have this sickness for 12 years, I spent every penny I had, I spent everything I had looking for all, all the reasons. and all, What is it, looking for love in all the wrong places? I ain't going to sing it. But she was looking for everything she thought she needed in the wrong places. She didn't go to the one with the authority, authority to fix it. She went to the people she thought were able to do it. And a lot of the times, that's what we do. When we have a problem, we go to the person that we think is going to be the best solution to our problem. But we leave out the only one that has the authority and the power to contain our problem, to solve our problem. A lot of the times, I, I think I'm guilty of this, but a lot of the times, you know, Every time somebody comes up with a solution, I'll come up with a problem. Anybody like that? When you know that, okay, yeah, this this'll work. Well, but what if this, that, and the other? I mean, it's 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 a real plague, and I've got it. But enough about me. So this woman touches the hem of his garment and she's healed. And Jesus wants her to come and let him know. You you trust me enough, now now you let these other people know. Guess what? She wasn't supposed to touch anybody because she was unclean. Because of her condition, she would have been unclean. So now if she fesses up, if she tells Jesus it was me, then all these other people that she pushed out of the way to get to him, now they've got a legal right to turn around and stone her. You didn't know that, did you? They've got a... (coughs) legal right to turn around and stone her. But she didn't care what the other people thought. She wasn't worried about what was going to happen to her after she explained that it was her. And then... who he is he wants you to recognize what he's done he wants you to recognize that you had a problem and he is the answer to your problem and he wants you to admit that you can't do it alone that you got what you needed from Jesus and if you've been saved then you got what you need from Jesus if you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, then you have everything you need. According to His glorious riches in heaven. Am I wrong? Am I right? Ephesians 1.6? According to His glorious riches in heaven, you have everything that you need. So quit trying to find the stuff that you want. Quit trying to hear what you want to hear. Quit trying to find the person that's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear in whatever situation you're going through. Whether you're having some problems with your husband or your wife or your kids. Okay? I got two teenagers. And another one, she's almost a teenager. You know what? I love my daughter too much to let her become a teenager. (laughs) But I know it's coming. And I think I'm gonna move out before it happens because I don't want to be a part of it. I can't be that mean to her. But the, the the woman with the issue of blood, here's what happens: she finally comes to Jesus and starts telling her the story, telling her what happened. Okay. Don't forget what's going on, though. Because as she's getting healed, here's Jairus standing there, waiting and watching. Because she's receiving her miracle. Because she's getting what God gave her. She, she interrupted Jesus. She stopped him from going to where he was going. She stopped the party. Okay, Jesus was headed to heal her, his daughter. And in the middle of it, he has to stop and take time to let this woman know that, you know, the healing she got is great, counted great to her faith. Peter's standing there watching too. You know what Jesus said to Peter when he went and woke him up in the boat? Where's your faith? That's exactly what it says in Luke. Where is your faith? Everybody's got faith, right? We've all got faith. It's the same thing he's fixing to say to Jairus, you know, because... As he's waiting on this uh, woman to get her healing and get her stuff, because a lot of times that's what God will do to you, is you're asking God to okay, save me, fix this problem. Here's my here's my situation, God. I know that 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 man said that if I just call on you, that you'll you'll hear me and you'll answer me. But a lot of times, God will answer you with a hmm. Well, let's just see what happens next, won't he? A lot of times God's answer is just wait. I'm still here, but let's wait because I've got to grow your faith. And a lot of times when you're just having to stand there and wait, you get a little antsy. And that's when you get to digging and you get to searching and you want to find something else. And you want to just, you know, blame God. Well, God, if you'd have just done this, if you'd have just done that. So while he's having to wait for Jesus to come with him to go and heal his daughter, this lady gets healed. And he's got to stand there and watch it. And a lot of times, God will make you do that. A lot of times, God will make you watch somebody else get something that you wanted just to reaffirm your faith, just to reaffirm, okay, yeah, you know, you gave, I'm going to use Brother Donald as an example. You gave Brother Donald a pretty jacket. I need a jacket. So I'm expecting the same jacket. I want the same color, same end thing, same lapel pin. God, you, that's what you owe me. You said you would. You said you would do for me. You're faithful and just. If you if you healed him that way, you'll heal me that way. That's the way we see it, ain't it? God, I had the cancer, and you. I, we went to the doctor, and the doctor said you got cancer. We turned around, we went back to the doctor six months later after everybody had been praying for me, and I walked back in the doctor, and the doctor said, you know what? You ain't got cancer no more. I don't understand. Don't understand where it went. I don't understand what happened to it. But you did, and now you don't. So the next time some then. This ain't a curse this is just an example, so Brother Charles gets it, and he goes down to the doctor and they say you got the, you got the cancer so he, Charles, brother Charles comes back and he says, "Well you know brother Brad had it and I didn't have it either Brother Brad had the cancer, so everybody prayed for him, and he got healed so y'all come pray for me so everybody would come and we pray for brother Charles the same way that we' pray for anybody else and power and in might and we call God's spirit to come in and take over and rest on his soul and he goes back to the doctor six months later. You know what they say? Yep, you still got it. it. Ain't looking too much better either. Actually, it's gotten a little worse. So, brother Charles might have time throwing a towel right there, wouldn't he? Well, God, you did it for him. Why didn't you do it for me? Maybe God's got a bigger plan. Maybe God's got a bigger plan, brother Charles. Because here's what happened. Jarius needs a healing. Right? His daughter is sick. This little girl. The little girl. The the woman needed healing because she had an issue for twelve years. So she got her healing when she reached out and touched his, the hem of his garment. All the while Jairus had to watch that. Okay, God, now I know you're real because I just saw you heal this woman and she said that stuff, and the man, nobody else is stoning her because everybody you know was backing off and everybody's letting her go. So it must be real. And about that time, his friends come and they say, why bother the teacher anymore? Your daughter's dead. Dangerous is mine. Hey, man. I came to you. I fell at your feet. She came to you. She fell at your feet. We did everything the same. We asked you to heal us. And you did. Well, why did my daughter have to die? How come she got her miracle and I didn't get mine? That's when... Jesus stepped in, in Jairus' situation, and he said, you know what? I don't know why you're saying what you're saying. And he took Jarius by the hand, and he said, come with me, follow me. And instead of Jairus leading Jesus, now Jesus is leading Jarius, which is the way it's supposed to be. Instead of us taking God and saying, okay, God, come on, I've got to show you something. Okay, you see this right here? I need you to do something about it. I need you to fix it the way I need. She needs to be healed. That's what Jairus thought she needed to be healed. But what Jesus knew was, no, she don't need to be healed. She needs to be resurrected. So he got a miracle. He got a bigger miracle. He didn't need to know Jesus as just you know the healer because, hey, you've already seen Jesus as the healer. He's healed this woman in front of you. But what you need to know is that sometimes your situation calls for more than just a healing. Sometimes your situation calls for a resurrection. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So he, ca- he took jarius by the hand and he led jarius back to the house and he goes into the house when everybody goes to laugh and he says y'all just get out of here because something's about to happen and i don't want y'all that don't if you don't believe what's about to happen then you're not going to believe it when it does happen so i don't even need you to see this right now what i need you to do is since you're not going to you since it's funny to you you just go ahead and get away from it right now because here's what we're fixing to do and he walks in and he goes up to the little girl and he says talitha kum little girl get up little girl get up Little girl, get up. Right now, you got a problem. I don't know what everybody's problem is. I know what my problem is, and I've given my problem to God, and I'm still waiting on my problem to get up. But that's what God's willing and able to do to you today. He has got you in His sights. He knows what's on your heart. He knows what's pushing you down. He doesn't want you to be paralyzed sitting on the side of the road begging. Everybody that comes by to tell you something, He wants you to get up and know that He is God, that He has the power and He has the authority to do something about your situations in your life. And instead of letting your situation, the problem that you've got, determine who you are, how about letting the God in your life determine who you are? How about letting the Jesus Christ that's inside of you, that you've so wonderfully accepted the grace and the mercy and the salvation that Christ has offered. How about letting that shine through your heart and let that be, decide who you are? A child of God. A child of God. Can you imagine being a child of God? So that when God comes in and says, little girl, get up. You don't have any choice but to get up because you submit to His authority because you submit to His power, because you know that He has all power and all. So if you are sitting here right here right now today, and you have let your situation drive you to a point to where you don't know which way is up, if you have let your situation become your lifestyle, if you've let your problem become who you are, If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never given your life to him, to say that, God, I know that you are able to. I know that you have all power and authority over all things living because you defeated death. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and accepted the free gift of salvation, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Everybody that has a job in here knows what wages are. That means that you get a check. You get paid for doing something. Okay? What God has offered to pay you for your sin is death. That's the payment. You get you do you sin? God's gonna write you a check. It's gonna say D-E-A-T-H. Death. Did I spell that right? And then you finish the verse and it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you can get paid, or you can just have something handed to you. Anybody want to win the lottery? Baptist? we can't say that, can we? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you would if somebody offered you a lot of money, you would take it. Okay? If you had to work for a lot of money, you're going to think twice about it. You're going to have to, well, do I have the time? Do I want to put forth the effort? You know, because they say, I really got to work for it. Because the wages of sin, you know, I really got to work for it. But if somebody offered you something as a gift, you would take it in a minute. God's offering you something as a gift right here and right now. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and you've never taken that step to just let Him know that you need Him. If you've never taken that step to let yourself know that... You've done some things that have caused you not to be able to be with God forever. Because sometimes God will knock on our hearts and we won't answer. But other times when he knocks, we do answer. Make this one of the times when you answer. God's calling to somebody in here right now. It's it's nothing that I'm saying. It's nothing that I'm saying that's going to save you. It's God. It's your heart being moved by your convictions right now that you are in need of a Savior. And if you'll just reach out and touch the hem of His garment, He can heal you. If you'll just stop trying to drag Jesus along with you and let Jesus lead you, He'll show you that He is the resurrection and the life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Right here, right now, nobody's looking. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never asked Him to be the Lord of your life, but you believe that He's Jesus, you believe in Him, you've just never taken the time to invite Him to be the Lord of your life. then right now, if, you're, if, if, you, if you hear the master calling and you're willing to open your heart and let him in, look at me. Just look up. Just look up. Just let me know that you need to know that Jesus is your Lord. That you need Jesus. Right now, if you're walking around letting your situation Determine who you are. If you're walking around in whatever pity party you're having inside your mind, whatever pity party you're having in your soul, if that's just dragging you down and you need somebody just to let you know that, hey, we're praying for you, then by all means, come, let us pray. I don't want to know your junk. I just want to know that you know that there's a Savior in heaven and He can help you. Let the Holy Spirit of God do its work in your life. He promised us peace through the Holy Spirit. Don't let your situation drive you. Let the Holy Spirit give you the peace that passes all understanding. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the resurrection that you are. Father, I thank you for each and every heart that's come in tonight, today. God, that they know your Lord. Maybe some of us have been walking around, you know, just tagging you along, making you, you know, a part of our lifestyle. Father, let this be the moment in our lives where we realize who you are and let you guide us around And make us part of your lifestyle. Give us a purpose. Give us meaning. Give us direction in our lives, Father. So that you would be glorified. So that our Father in heaven will be glorified through us. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.